This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Every Step Along the Way podcast. Uh, as always, it's very good to be with you again. Now, um, this is a little bit of a, a special podcast, actually, uh, in some respects. So we haven't got a, a big famous guest or, or anything like that. We thought we'd kind of just uh, be talking about a very kind of bit of a milestone for us, actually, Dan. Something that I didn't think we would be talking about um, when we first kicked this off last season. But this is pod number 100 for us, isn't it? It is indeed. <laughs> you you were you didn't think we'd get this far, did you? Did you think we'd be out the door after about three? Well, no, not necessarily. But you know what it's like with these things. When you know, there's been other podcasts um, that have been around, and you know, some of them have been around for a while. Some have disappeared, and you know, you're always thinking, well, you know, can we make something our own, which people firstly don't want to start trying to copy off halfway through a season, and then also, you know, can we bring our own flavour to things and give something you know for, for fans to enjoy and you never quite know how it's going to pan out but um I, I still will be honest and say that even with the greatest of hopes i didn't think we'll be sitting here the following season on pod 100 with some quite frankly amazing guests along the way yeah it's yeah. uh it's flown i can't believe we're on 100 i really can't <laughs> i know we, we've just think like we're not even two seasons in and we've already done like 100 podcasts and that's <laughs> And that's not even like with the international ones. Is that this is one? This is Pod One Hundred Stoke podcasts. We've not counted the international ones, which is crazy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I don't think there is going to be an international one this time. I think it was just something we wanted to try out last year, unless you've secretly planned something. But um, yeah. <laughs> no, no, I think it was. It was obviously the World Cup was on wanted, and it helped fill the void for people. Well, like a public service. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, except we're not going to charge you a license fee for it, and you don't have to worry about the bailiffs knocking on the door. So, oh, um, oh yeah, I'll talk to you after about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I must. Admit, I'm not going to call out loads of names at the beginning here as part of this 100 because I must admit I'm a little bit scared that I'll end up forgetting people. Um, if I'm honest with you, there's been so many of you, you know, 
players past and present stoke city staff um well-known names from across different podcasts uh just general people that have got involved so i guess it's just initially a, a big thank you to everybody who has been involved in any various capacities you know who you are you don't need me to call you out uh you know you know you've been involved so thank you to everybody there um we will have a little bit of a compilation uh to obviously players out this week because obviously there isn't a game to preview just yet uh that will obviously return in about a week's time but um yeah, some funny moments. And uh, for everybody, me and Dan have been trying to look back through a hundred podcasts and thinking about what clips we could get. So uh, there's too many to put into one ending. So we'll have some funny ones to play out with. We'll have another one that will be coming on Monday for you, which will be a bit more of a, a bit more of a compilation, isn't it, Dan? Not necessarily all funny moments, but like just key moments. You know, Michael and Neil being sacked, and God knows, God knows what. Uh, but it's going to be a hell of a lot to cover in there. Without blowing our own trumpet, the best of is coming on Monday. Yeah, exactly. And you've got to indulge us a little bit. Like, you know, we're 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 really proud of of what we've done, and you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but Christ, this is the beginning. Like, we have got so many more plans, and there's conversations going on. So, uh, yeah, make sure you stick with us. But a little bit of self indulgence, um, I think we deserve that for all the time and effort, mate. So, uh, anyway, before we kind of start going any further into it, there was a football match. Um, what feels like a long time ago now, actually, but there was a football match, and it was uh, Norwich City, Dan. Um, I wish I could say that we'd be celebrating the 100 pod with a win to talk about, but we didn't lose, so that's something. Um, Norwich, what did you think of the game? I mean, from from my perspective, there was a, there was a lot of effort that went in um, again. You know, I think that's just become the norm now for a Stoke City side, which is great. Uh, one that we probably did deserve to win. I don't think many people would argue with that. Uh, it just wouldn't go in, would it? No. Um, of all the games for... Dwight Gale to miss. He misses the one where if he'd been playing down the middle, he might well have ended up with a hat trick. <laughs> um, poor Jacob Brown just just wasn't his day at all, was it? He just he just couldn't couldn't help but just fire everything straight to Angus Gunn. So yeah, like I say on another day he could have been taking the match ball home with him, but yeah, just just didn't seem to just just wasn't his day at all, mate. Jacob coming for a lot of stick from people, especially in those moments where he's missing them. I remember seeing like Twitter blow up and after the game seeing different bits. I mean, do you think he was was it poor finishing? Was it good goalkeeping? Was it both? Um what what was your initial reaction when, when the shots were missed or saved or however you want to interpret it? Hey, you best get the bleep button ready <laughs> for my <laughs> initial reaction. <laughs> Um, yeah, at, at the time, I was like, I mean, you know, we were all passionate at the moment. I'm telling you, I, was, I wasn't sorry, too impressed with him at the time when he was missing the chances. Um, afterwards, you do think his decision making was maybe just a bit off, but I have said this, I you know, we have said in the last few weeks, haven't we? He's had a stop start season, he's had a lot of injuries, he's you know, he's been playing down up front, then on the wing, then in a two and a three. He's been playing a wing back. He's he's been shunted around a lot, and last season what he had was he had a consistent role, and he was fit and playing every week. And then we got the best out of him. This season he hasn't had that. He hasn't had a consistent role. He hasn't had a consistent formation to play in, and he's been injured. You know, two a couple of times, and two or three times he's been in. He had to come back in, come back in, picked up another injury, got out, come back in, and I think. What you've seen is the effect of that 
on his game. I think his confidence is a bit low as well. Um, so for me, I think I've said it before, so again, next season is a massive one for Jacob Brown. He's We've got to see last year's Jacob Brown back next season. Otherwise, the way this squad is pushing on, I mean, he may even... It may even be now, this summer, but he could well be left behind. Well, I was going to say, for me, um, I, I'm I'm in the scenario where I think it, that time has come and it's very, very quickly going. I really don't think he's going to be um, a feature next year. And I'm not saying he won't be in the team because I don't think we'll sell him. Uh, but I also don't think he's going to be starting many games at all. He's probably going to be... What he's actually seemed to be quite good at when we're playing the you know the cup games and you know lower lower league opposition, that's when he seems to really uh, find his shooting boots. Funny enough, but I I am very much in that situation now where I think it's he's it, he lacks cutting edge, um, which is strange because previous seasons you know he's, he's he was clinical. Uh, like last season, I think he was quite clinical at times, scoring goals from different angles and went on a, a bit of a a bit of a run this year. I don't know if it's lack of confidence. If it is, was that just a purple patch? Like most, you know, players go through at one point. Um, this isn't to say that the guy is useless because it, it, that, 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 I think it'd be very unfair. Uh, I just think he's, he's not a top 10 striker um, in this division, which if you want to get out of it, you need at least one or two players who can fire you to 15 plus goals easily. So that's my, that's my worry with him. Um, but I do think Dan, we are in that scenario now where he's not going to get games next season. We're going to have money to spend. We're going to be needing at least a couple of strikers. Jacob won't get sold. I don't think because we arguably how many other strikers, how many other teams would Jacob potentially go to in this division? So it's a shame he, he puts so much effort in. He just isn't going to be following us to the Premier League if that's where we're going to go. The manager's not daft. Uh, I do think he knows that there has been a better version of him not so f- in the not-so-distant past. And I think, I say, he's not blessed with amazing technical ability like that, but he makes them... He, used, you know, he has done in the past, has made the most of the ability that he has got. And the attributes that he's got and his fitness levels and his energy is amazing, fantastic. And I think yeah. that is a key thing that Alex Neal will want in that side. You do need somebody in that front line who's going to work and work and press and then just never stop running. And I think he will give him... I do think he'll, he'll give him every chance at the start of next season to, you know, to, to rediscover that form. Because if he does... He will be an asset to Alex Neal, and Alex Neal's not daft. He'll, you know, he'll give him an opportunity. I think to to refine that. You'll know that there's a player in there. Um, I can't see it, but I think there's going to have to be another striker that that scores the goals because, uh, unfortunately for Jacob, Tyrese, being his normal good quality self, is showing Jacob up on the other side. I think because he does run at players. He, you know, he is tricky. He, his movement is excellent. Uh, you're right. Jacob will run through a brick wall for you. That's great. It's good attitude to have, but at the end of the day, we can't just rely on Tyrese Campbell to be scoring goals. So it depends where he sees his priorities, whether that's a 
spending five, six, eight million quid of our transfer transfer budget on a top striker. Um, if he sees it like that, if he doesn't and he wants to get a loan in or some cheaper players, then there's no guarantees that that's going to work out because you normally you pay and you get what you pay for half the time. So it'd be interesting to see what it is, but this isn't a, a hating on Jacob by any stretch. Um, I, I just think, struggled. I, I just, sorry, just I just asked. Uh, we have to remember as well. Yeah, we got we got promoted out of this division when Mama said he was scoring four goals in a season. <laughs> But but and that's because the rest of the team scored the goals. Exactly, yeah. So that that's what it is. You can you can afford to have somebody who who by their sheer presence creates opportunity for others. Mm-hmm. Like for me, I I don't think there's any um, it's it's any surprise that or any coincidence should I say that that Jacob Brown was playing on the right wing when Hoover when Henry has managed to get those those goals lately, those three goals in the two games. Because I think Brown's pressing, he's running, he's, he's movement and dragging players out of position has given Henry the the space and the opportunity to get forward, you know, get forward into some free grass and coming in the back post unmarked because people are, you know, following Brown and his movements and stuff. And it might even be that that was the plan, you know, Jacob Brown, your your key stuff here is done without the ball. You don't have to have the ball to to make an impact. You drag the people out of position. Henry bombs on, and he's getting in at the back post and, and scoring the goals. Maybe a little bit of lack of pressure would help Jacob. He doesn't need to worry about having to hit every single you know shot perfectly and score the goals to drag us out of games. As you said, if if we've got other people doing it, then then great. But I mean, again, we mentioned about people. Dragging it through games. I mean, Tyrese is probably one that we have to bring up again, Dan. I mean, uh, he's a beast. I think that's no way I can probably explain him at times. Uh, like he he will run at defenses. And we, we, how many times have have managers and players and everything said if you've got a player that has got pace and runs at defenses, they always hate it. And that's what's really, you know, getting us up that pitch. Every time he gets the ball, his confidence seems to be really high. He knows he's playing well. Um, and, you know, you definitely have to say that we've got the Tyrese of old very much back. It's a shame we're getting towards the end of this season, but what a what a good thing to be seen, you know, going into next season that Tyrese will have a, a whole summer where he's had a decent season uh, leading up to it, and he could take us, and again, be a focal point next season and take us into that hopefully positive season next year. But um, again, Tyrese, he, he bossed it, didn't he, again against Norwich? He did. Um, I think he's shown enough now. He's been consistent enough. What are we thinking? Probably a lot from December when the World Cup ended. Yeah. He's been sort of like four months at this point. I would seriously, if I was Stoke, with I believe it's 15 months left on his contract, I definitely would be uh, sitting down. If they haven't already, I mean, they may already well be doing it. And you know, getting a bit of an extension on that deal that suits all parties. Well, yeah, we, we, well, we're stupid if we don't, because you know that, what, within a few months, all of a sudden he's then within 12 months of his deal and he can speak to another club about pre, you know, pre-contract um, and all that, or we're forced to sell him for peanuts. I mean, Bournemouth, if they stay up, again, what a, what a crazy Premier League year, but if they stay up, 
Bournemouth might want to go back in for him. They obviously were willing to pay us, what, 10 million quid when he had a year of his contract left last time. So, you know, he's back to his old Tyrese that we've talked about. So they may be willing to give us maybe not 10 million anymore, but maybe they'll give us between five and 10 million quid for him. And then all of a sudden, if Tyrese is like, I actually want a new challenge, we're then forced to sell him. Um, so I'm with you. I think it needs to be done. And what did you think of, um, obviously going kind of back to the game a little bit as well, um, what did you think of Angus Gunn? Uh, you, know, uh, you know, I don't know where that came from. I mean, he seemed to be behind absolutely everything. You know, yeah, Jacob's shots, but uh, it was a bit of a, a brick wall. I, mean, uh, I must admit, my, my memory's a bit vague of uh, of kind of Angus Gunn. I, I can't really remember too much um, that he did for us. I don't think I don't think he was ever a bad a bad keeper, was he? But it was steady Eddie, if I remember rightly. Yeah, I think. Um... He got a bit of a bad shout, a bit of a bad press, should I say, I think, at the time. People were really slating him and going hard on him that he was this terrible keeper full of ricks, but I don't really remember him doing any major errors. Maybe I've just wiped it from my memory and people <laughs> um, people can come back and remind me and I'll be like, oh, yeah, I remember that now. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, for me, I think he's... Yeah, he was he was solid enough. He wasn't didn't do anything major, um, major wrong, or didn't really you know do anything massively to impress either. Uh, but obviously, yeah, he got his his feet in the right place, if nothing else, because everything was hit straight at him once on Saturday. If and arguably, just... sorry Dan, I mean arguably, you could probably say, well, if you asked fans, would they want Angus going or Jack Bonham? Be interesting to see what the reply would be. Well, it's only one of them just been called up for the Scotland squad. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, exactly that. And I think one thing that really surprised me about the Norwich game was how they just didn't go for it. And, and that's obviously referring to Norwich. I mean, they're a team that, what, were they seventh? I'm not sure. I've got the table in front of me, but yeah. I think they were, they were seventh. And, you know, a win takes them into the playoffs if everything else goes their way. And it was almost like we're going to come here and try and pinch a win. I mean, that obviously says a lot of credit to Stoke, and clearly they fear that if they try and do that and take the game towards, we'll tear them a new one, which probably would have been the case. But wasn't it a bit unusual to see a team come here and actually not try and win? Um, yeah, it was sort of going back to when we, those first two, three years after we got relegated, once and everyone came here thinking, you know, they were going to, um, pretty much that's, we played that. We played our part in them games, didn't we? We just passed the ball around for ninety minutes without looking threatening. Like we knew what we were going to do if we ever got near the goal. Yeah, and it was. Uh, but at least on Saturday, we did have. We had a bit of a bit of um, flair, a bit of variety, and then we attacked. And uh, you know, when we got near, near the goal, we, we you know we knew where players were going to be, and we created chances. Though we did, you know, I was I was quite impressed with them on Saturday. To, to a team like Norwich, I was a bit like, you know, this is going to be another tough test. And we absolutely outplayed them from the, the first minute right the way through. We, we we really did deserve three points. Yeah, we, we did we did deserve three points. I think we had something like 10 shots on target or something like that. There's, there's very few games where you have 10 shots on target and don't score. Um, but again, I, I do think that's something that we'll, we will work on because we know this division. We've talked about it enough. This league, bar a couple of teams... 
there's just a bunch of teams that are just as good as each other and it's little moments in games the moments being when you have 10 shots on target you score at least one or two and that is enough to win you a game um that is the difference i mean the fact that we have had such an inconsistent season only won back-to-back games twice i think or all year uh, i think the fact that we've done that and still kind of 12 points off playoffs says everything you need to know about this division if you can just find a bit of consistency a bit of um clinical finishing whether that's combination of strikers midfielders and defenders or whatever it is it's not that difficult to get yourself in contention um and as it is dan we're gonna probably finish the highest we've probably finished uh, since we got relegated which is for an inconsistent season isn't bad and it says a lot of what alex neil has done um, yet to have a yet to have a top half finish, are we? Wow, so. yeah, and that's got to be the target now, right? Uh, it, it's got to be a top half finish, and that would be a successful season. Gives us ammunition for new players, gives everybody a lift, and and that takes me on actually to the the comment that I've got. Welcome back, fans, um, because the atmosphere again it's been slowly building in the last few games. But it, it's I was saying to someone on the Facebook group today that. It kind of shows, doesn't it, what a bit of effort, a bit of fight, a um, bit of passion, if you like, you want to use that word, like that Alex Neal and the team have put in. It just shows we don't expect to win every single week, but we expect a bit of effort. And I think the fans can see that now, and the fans are starting to return, the atmosphere is starting to return. And, you know, we've got obviously Alex Neal's com- you know, commenting on that. And if he thinks that's loud, just wait till that place is packed. And he's got us fighting at the right end of the, the league. He'll then see what a, a fan base can really do. It's the loudest he's heard it since he's been there. So we're trending, we're trending upwards in that as well. So, the, but they, they will, you know, they'll go hand in hand, won't they? The players' efforts or perceived effort, um, and and obviously performance as that goes up, and yeah, your crowd, your interaction with the crowd, your numbers in the crowd, it'll all it'll all sort of you know, come together, won't it? And I just hope that you know we can get the people back in and we can get twenty thousand plus back in the seats week in week out next season. You know if we you know continue actually trending the way we are and improving. Yeah, and I guess a couple of people I wanted to mention, or I suppose one person wanted to get your thoughts on, especially um, again more plaudits today. Signs of we're going to sign him in the summer, or we're going to certainly try uh, Twanzibi um, again. He seems to have settled in now. Now he's, he seems to have his fitness uh, back in, in check. Uh, if he can stay fit, he is potentially... I mean, I've heard some people say he's too good for this league. Um, what we've seen on highlights, you would say, yeah, when he's keeping Mbappe and stuff quiet, you know, he's he's got something about him. Uh, and yet, I'm not in the camp of he's too good for this league because I still don't actually think we've seen enough of him in this league. Um, but I get people's excitement. I'm with you. Um I think he's got to be someone we focus on. Uh, he reminds me of a, you know, like Abdullah Fai uh, when he first came and the impact that he had, uh, you know, his build and stuff like that. He, he feels a little bit like that for me. So I don't know what wages he's going to be on uh, potentially. I think he's going to be on significantly more than we can offer, but we know how we can get around that with signing on fees and stuff like that. So Twanzibi had a, another good game, didn't he? He's... I mean, if, I, if you remember rightly, um, when we signed him, I sort of whispered into us, I said, say it quietly, but he's a better player than Harry Souter. <laughs> and <laughs> at this point, I think 
I think he's probably showing it when he is playing and you think he's probably not 100% sharp or fit. Whether he's, like I say, whether he's got Premier League clubs after him in the summer, I don't know. Um, he has had a really bad run of injuries over you know quite a long space of time, few years, and you wonder whether Premier League clubs will want, you know, they only get a squad of twenty five. Will they think, you know what? I'd rather see him have a full season, injury free first before we take a punt on him. Mm-hmm. Um, when there's hundred million pound at stake, clubs don't really want to be risking it on someone who might break down ten minutes into the first game. Or the first game after the transfer window shuts. <laughs> no, no, exactly. And I think one thing that I did, I did do a little bit of research on this, by the way, in terms of his salary. I'm just trying to, I was trying to do some like real granular type searches, not just going on a, a web page and finding out what they think his wages. I mean, I've seen three or four now different kind of reported places around his salary. And it does seem to be in that kind of 50K a week bracket which obviously if that's the case that's some serious money considering our average wage is what 17 and a half grand a week uh, we aren't and somebody made this comment i think um i have to get your name up apologies but you know the, the comment was made around well we'll break the bank for him and my response to that um and i meant it respectfully is we will not be breaking the bank for anybody in the summer uh, we started to do that before and all that led to was people being angry, disenchanted, however you want to do it. So we will not be overpaying for any player. So it's going to be you fit into our structure, we'll be a bit creative and you either take it or lump it. I think it's going to have to be like that, isn't it? Yeah, I'd imagine there's probably, you know, they'll probably offer him a decent signing on fee because he's on a free Um you know, if, if you if you were to buy if, if Stoke if he had two years left on his Manchester United uh, contract, and we went out there and brought him for four million quid, people would say potential bargain, great deal. So if to sweeten the deal of him being on a reduced contract to what he's been accustomed to, and let's face it, just because he's been on fifty grand a week at Man United, he doesn't mean he's going to get offers anywhere near that. Now he's leaving them. No, you know he's got to find. You know, for our offer to become substandard, he's got to be getting better ones from somewhere else. So unless Premier League clubs do come in for him, I can't see clubs in the Championship being able to beat our wage offers too much. There's only uh, four of the clubs that pay an average wage more than us. Yeah, exactly. And so I think our top end. You know, if he's going to be the top end of our thing, you're talking what. I, I don't know, but 20, 20, 25 grand is probably the, the most we'd probably go to these days. Yeah. Um, it's still not a bad wage. And I think if we give him a you know a, a deal that says if we get promoted, you get a big pay rise and um, a big promotion bonus. And then say, you know, a signing on fee of a couple million quid. Two million quid sign on fee. It sounds a lot well, you know, what are you giving one player two million pounds for just to sign on? Well, actually, yeah, he's on a free transfer. And if we were to pay twice double that in a transfer fee for him, no one would bat an eyelid. So if that's what it takes to get him through the door, it just so happens that he's the one who financially benefits, not Manchester United. And I don't mind that. 
bear in mind as well that one thing I think people forget is they go, oh, we've got, let's say we've got 10 million. Oh, we've given a 2 million signing on fee. That means it's going to cost us 2 million quid. No, he doesn't. It's over the course of that contract. So if he signs a four-year deal, it's 2 million quid in signing on over four years. That's how he gets paid. Ben Foster said the same thing about his time when he went to Man United and stuff like that. They don't get 2 million quid up front. That's not how it works. So, you know, I think from a cost perspective, I think from an FFP perspective, it gets spread out during the contract for that as well. So I don't think we have to worry about that per se. So yeah. again, it's not it's not your money, so you don't, don't, don't worry about it, do you know what I mean? But I don't I know what people are saying, like it, it will get spread out. So regardless, if he stayed with us for two of those four years, then he won't get the other two years worth of signing on. That's just how it works. So yeah, it, you're right, Dan. If we're, we're not paying a fee for him, uh, let's just pay what we need to to a certain extent in our capacity because like i said earlier the problem you've got is that you pay players more that's what started all this mess in the first place people not being happy getting relegated and some people on premier league wages and others not it's never going to end well and you know the owners and whoever i was tony skulls at that point but they've got to learn the lesson from that and say look we, we sign the best we can in our structure and this is how it is yeah that's basically how it's got to be yeah, like you said, be creative. That's what they need to do. Yeah. Cool. Um, any other players you wanted to call out from Norwich? Um, I thought Smallbone was quiet. Um, not as... Not as I didn't have a bad game. I thought he was quiet. I thought Ben Pearson played very well. Um, did his usual. Just broke everything up. Did, you know, won the ball back. Gave it to... I mean, the lad can play himself. We've seen a few passes, haven't we? The odd, you know, the odd boy sprays out. You think, oh, hello. <laughs> and that's not bad. But he keeps it in his locker a lot of the time, doesn't he? He just plays the simple pass. Um, which I'm all for that. You know, to uh, keep the elements of surprise when he does do it. <laughs> and a bit, a bit of a screamer um, as well at one point. If, if somebody was behind that, it's a good job oh, to hit yeah. the side netting. If that was someone who'd been behind that, oh my God, take some Z off. <laughs> yeah, I remember. I remember. Um, Years and years ago, as a kid, being behind the goal and uh, Graham Kavanagh shot, sort of to pierce in front, ducked it, smacked me straight in the face. That wasn't kind. <laughs> oh, you should have should have milked that. You could have got a free season ticket or something. <laughs> yeah, you would these days. <laughs> um, or his match worn short, or his match worn shirt. <laughs> I was going to say match worn shorts and you know, whatever floats your boat, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. Sorry, but yeah, that, that Pearson shot, yeah. I thought if that had been nestled in the top corner, that would have been lovely, wouldn't it? Well, half the stadium did think, hence the celebrations, and then the sudden realisation, it's like, uh, yeah, oh, and then looking around, I, I didn't really celebrate. I, <laughs> it's it's that moment. net ripple, isn't it? It's the <laughs> net moving, it, get, it does, it gets you. If you're on the other side of the ground. <laughs> oh, yeah, we may, we've, we've all been there. We've all done yeah. it. Um, uh, sound. Anyone else come to mind? I mean, I don't think Jack Bonham had anything to do, so we can't really say he had a good or bad game. Uh, no, um, I mean, I'll get on to the man of the match poll if you want. Yeah, go for it, yeah. Yeah, so Twan Zibi won that with 40% of the vote. Uh, Tyrese Campbell was second with 16 And Dujon Sterling actually was third with 12%. Oh, so he didn't quite cut the mustard, but he was in the top three. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he had obviously had Henry playing in front of him, didn't he? Is a right wing because obviously Jacob had been moved inside with Gale being unwell. And uh, yeah, I thought uh, they sort of linked up all right on that wing. Uh, yeah, so he, was very, he had a very good game again. Very, he's another one, I think. 
uh, we should be looking at bringing in out of contract in the summer and T Sterling. I think uh, yeah. I'll be more than happy for him to be signing on. Yeah, he's uh, he's definitely improved. I mean, the, the, he's he's playing not in a natural position for him, but you know he. he He's just a good, solid, steady Eddie, and I think you're right. And Hoover um, is is doing really well again. It just shows getting forward is definitely his strength. Again, like I said last week, we need to see his defensive capabilities. Um, but you know, if, I think if we if we don't kind of sign him on, mate, then I think you know you're kind of dicing with death, aren't you? A little bit. Come on, don't tell me, don't tell me you missed that. Come on. Dyson with that. Come on, mate. Come on, Dyson with death. Come on. What's I, going on? I, I just um, meant around it. <laughs> yeah, I thought you did. <laughs> hey, well, um, who needs a dustpan and brush when you got a Hoover, eh? Yeah. And we all carry on. Go, sorry, I had to get these in. Just go and carry on now. We can move on. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, they, this, this can make the end of the show compilation. <laughs> It was stand-up routine. <laughs> Pretty poor one. So, yeah, thank you to everybody on Twitter who uh, posted them during the week. I did make a note of them. Player of the Month. Obviously, March is now ending. Next game is in April. So, would you like to see who the Player of the Month is for March? I do, but I'm going to go for Smallbone. Okay, so third place, Tyrese Campbell, 88 points. Second, Will Smallbone, 93. Ooh. Oh, it's piercing them. 100 points and Ben Pearson takes top spot March's player of the month do you know we are yet to have a single player to have two player of the months <laughs> well doesn't that say everything about our season for consistency it does indeed we are like every every, every month we have a different one so I was quickly run through August was Connor Taylor absolutely smashed it <laughs> Uh, September was Lewis Baker. Remember that when he was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, October was Tariq Fosu. November was uh, Harry Clark. So two players who are not even at the club anymore. Yeah. In fact, the four players we've mentioned so far don't even get picked anymore. <laughs> um, oh, December was Harry Souter. There's another one who's left. <laughs> Uh, January was T- Josh Tymon, another one who can't get in the seam. <laughs> February was Will Smallbone, and March, as we just said, was Ben Pearson. Doesn't uh, it show how poor that pre-Christmas was, though, that none of them really here or playing? Josh Tymon squeezes into January. It's not his fault he's not been playing. Um, but it shows what a difference from pre-Christmas to post-Christmas, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Um yeah, it's like the same as Connor Taylor, 160 points in August. Absolutely massive. And then, obviously, from that, there's, there's just been nothing, has there? Because he's, he's dropped right out of favour. I mean, he got an injury and he's just not been able to get back in the side. Lewis Baker, you know, started the season August 2nd place, September 1st. Absolutely smashing it. And people forget when people say he's been crap all season. He hasn't. The first couple of months he was re- he was our best player well him and Taylor obviously were our best player and it was I think when Josh Loren got injured and he was forced to change his game and then he started adapting and, and trying to play a different role and, and that and I think that's where we lost the best of Lewis Baker I think he sacrificed himself for the good of the team because he could do that role but it wasn't the best of him if you know what I mean and yeah. I think 
it's unfortunate for him now that these three midfielders have got their defined roles and he's the one who's left out in the cold. Very interesting to see how, how it goes next season with, with Baker. Um, again, he's done nothing wrong. I mean, yeah, his performance has dropped off, which opened up avenues. And it's funny, I, I did say this earlier on in the season that a bit like Mark Hughes, and I think most managers do have it, like they they stumble into a formation or they stumble into a combination of players. And that's exactly what Alex Neal's done, really. You know, Bakes got, got dropped and then all of a sudden it was, OK, well, we'll need to sign Ben Pearson. Um, and then, OK, well, now we've got the rock in front of the defence. Which two or three players play best around them? And he's just figured out that, OK, well, it's not Baker. Um, but then, you know, Smallbones come into his own. Um, obviously, Loren got come back from injury, got fit. And Baker, I don't think any midfielder could knock them off their perch right now. No, the thing is, they they all they all very different midfielders, and they mm. all complement each other. So that that three man midfield has got every attribute a midfield needs. Between the three of them, they have everything there to be successful together. And I think that's the thing. They all, like I said, they all complement each other's styles, don't they? And yeah. the two in Loren and Smallbone are playing with the playing with their heads up. They're playing with fuller confidence. They're getting into the box, supporting the attack. They've got such great. The pair of them are so energetic. They've got such high, you know, um, fitness levels and that that they keep running and pressing and that. And and obviously, I think the the job. It's I think as well the front three. You can sometimes forget the role they play in making how how good the midfield are. Not even so much as picking them out when we're attacking and and finding them in the box, but when we're winning the ball, their high press, you know, Campbell, Brown, as much as people might not want to say Campbell, he is doing it really well. He's, he's, He's pressing high, Brown's pressing high, Gale's pressing high, and... They're forcing the opposition's defence into playing balls into midfield that they don't want to play just because they mm-hmm. need to get rid of it. And that's when Loren and Smallbone, are, they're waiting for that pass, aren't they? As soon as they see that pass is coming in, they're there snapping at the winning, you know, getting in front of the midfielders, winning them balls before they get there. And How many times have we seen that in recent weeks? Every time, isn't it? Yeah, and we're winning the ball thirty yards from the opposition's goal. So many times, I'd love to. I'd love to see a statistic on that. How many times have we won the ball, recovered the ball within 30, 35 yards of the other team's goal? Yeah, it must well, be so many times. If I was, if I was playing Stoke right now, if I was the opposition manager, I'd say I don't care, don't care how we, you know, what we think our strengths are or how modern we want to play the game. Goal kicks are being launched down the pitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, for, as you're right. Forget your philosophy. Uh, play it long. These, um, lads, these lads have got the press nailed. Get rid of it. Fine. Let's move on, Dan. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Um, so some kind of main news that came through this week. Everybody would have seen this now. Um, so, yeah. Obviously, that is the season tickets. So the price has been frozen again for, what, I think 16 years in a row, I think it was. Uh, pretty incredible. Under-11s are effectively going to be a pound a game, <laughs> which is which is great. Um, and again, you know, now you can obviously buy it at any point. So big credit. I mean, yes, John Coates, etc. of course, have signed all of this off. But you've got to give some credit here to the likes of, you know, Simon King, and whatnot off the pitch because you know they they very much you know when when he came on that video on, on YouTube I'm sure most people have seen it you know he talked about liaising with the supporters council which you know yes he did we we sat in a room and we we talked it through uh, they asked for our opinions they give us different options and stuff like that they they were very much involved in that talking about how we think people would best receive it. You know, again, we give our opinions and and bits like that. They have thought about the fan. You know, they've taken away the, the, the they, they look, they've looked at the at the world we live in. They know that you know the sixty seven quid a month that everyone's getting for energy is disappearing. People are putting bloody broadband up and mobile phone contracts up and stuff like that. And they've, I think, they've done the the right thing in going right between now and next season. People are going to have a difficult time financially. We're going to be signing loads of players. So we're going to have a constant flow of maybe signing players and getting people really engaged and really active. Um, This surely, Dan, is purely a good news story. I can't see a room where people are going to moan about this. So um, you've got to give, as I said, Simon King and obviously John Coates and co uh, a big pat on the back for this one. I, I did find one person moaning. It was very quickly shot down by quite a few state fans, but I did see. What was the uh, comment? Um, it was, we yeah, we're paying the same now as we were in, in the Premier League. Yet the quality is nowhere near it. We should be we should be reduced because, like, in the Premier League, we were paying. Why we basically why we're we paying the same now as we were when we were watching top footballers, and now we're not. Uh... Yeah, <laughs> um, but <laughs> technically, if you okay then, but on that premise, if you are buying outside of the early bird window, then you're actually you're spending less. It's costing you less. Well, I said you're getting four more games, and then I did put it with the caveat of you can decide yourself whether that's a good thing or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, uh, and then obviously we also said that um, the the inflation has gone up. Instead, obviously, what you could buy in 2008 for the amount of money a season ticket is is very different to what you can now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, if you were going to go with inflation, you know the price would have gone up quite a lot. You know, you can't you, um, you can't get as much there, uh, and also, obviously, players' wages have gone up way above inflation and stuff like that. And they haven't you know they haven't tried to meet it or or put it up in any way. Um, so yeah, that was. But yeah, quite a few people just shot the comment down pretty pretty quick. I was pleased to see that it wasn't sort of followed with loads of people joining in. Nobody sort of backed him up, which is good. <laughs> and and this is kind of when when people say, oh, you know, 
we're lucky to have Coates family, and then someone goes, oh, well... Um, but the know, 90s, the, the 90s. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're stuck in the ways and all that. Luke, yeah, you you have got a right to have an opinion to say that they have made mistakes. And yeah, 100%, they have made mistakes uh, on managers, however you perceive it, whatever it is. But take the football recruitment stuff out of this because we're not talking about that. We're talking about these things off the pitch. You cannot fault them what they've done with the season tickets and the free travel that you know they they stopped getting the money for the free travel a long time ago if I remember rightly when we dropped out of the Premier League they're still paying for that um, I don't know if they get a subsidy in any way I, I must admit, I'm not 100% sure but either way you know that is still being paid for um, they are keeping costs down they're, they're that you know they're looking at other things as, as, they've, as, as they've mentioned in the past around like fan hubs and trying to approve things around the stadium, they're spending loads of money on the stadium to get it up to scratch. I mean, I don't know. I just This isn't a, a Coates family loving. This is just like, Luke, let's try and be a bit grounded here. Uh, and season tickets is what everyone wants. I mean, what, what do you think, Dan, to the, um, the flexibility around being able to buy the season tickets kind of throughout now and the end of the season? I personally think that that is a big benefit because like I said, people aren't being rushed to buy it or miss out type of thing. Yeah, that's, it's a massive thing. And so like say people, it's like, could people between now and what, four weeks time, five weeks time, could they get that amount of money together to pay for a season ticket? Um, you know, I imagine a lot of people who pay for it in bulk. I know you can pay in installments, but that doesn't always suit everybody either, or is, is it even available to everybody? Um, what could happen? You know, I imagine a lot of people who pay for it in one go probably put a little bit a month up as they go along through the year. Maybe that option again has that option been available to people? Have they been able to say, oh, "I've got thirty quid spare, put it in the Piketty for my season tickets, or whatever"? You know, that 30 quid, well, you know, my gas bill's gone up by you know, 140 quid this month, so best pop it in that, aren't I? Um, so, yeah, so I think by extending it through the summer, it gives people more time to, to get the money together. Um, I think it also gives people more opportunity to... Because, let's face it, there's been a lot of... There's been a lot of negativity in the fan base over the last 12 months, 18, mm-hmm. 12, 18 months. Um, there's been, there's a lot of players out of contract. We haven't got many, you know, established first team players under contract for next season. And, you know, that may play into people's minds about whether, do I want a season ticket? Because I don't know who I'm going to be watching. I mean, to a lot of supporters, myself included, it doesn't, I'll be honest, it doesn't really matter who's on the pitch. It's, they still be my club and I'll still go and support them and want to watch them. Um, but if you are, you know, if you're parting with the little bit of money that you actually have for yourself, you probably want to know, you know, a lot of people probably do want to know if they're going to, is it worth me? You know, am I going to, going to enjoy it? You know, if it's the only thing I'm going to be having all year, I'm going to enjoy going. I want to see the signings. I want to see who's coming in, and the, you know, before and so it gives people the option to do that as well. Uh, but yeah, yeah there's, there's nothing negative for me on it. I think it's a great move by the club, and um, yeah, I thought the supporters' council as well. I mean, I know you, you you're quite modest, and you're not going to sort of you know take the praise of it 
because you know you, you but I think you do deserve um you know credit where credit's due. You've done a great job in uh, in, in delivering that as helping to deliver that as well. No, thank you, man. I think it's just, it just it speaks paramount that the club are are interested. You're right. The sports council at times gets, oh, what do they do? What do they achieve? And trust me, there's a lot of stuff that goes on that you know sometimes doesn't get appreciated, or you know maybe people don't understand that. Yeah, the sports council actually did have an impact on that. Like for example, the kid for a quid. We've been banging on about that for ages, um, and you know they've done it twice. Clearly, it's been a success, or else they wouldn't have done it after the first time. So, you know, that you could say, well, maybe that's an indirect effect on the new season ticket, you know, 23 quid one. I don't know. I've got no clue. That may have nothing to do with it. But, you, you know, you don't know, do you? Yeah, I think as well that kids, the thing for a club is, and I'm surprised that maybe Terry Scholes didn't like consider this, considering what a money man he was. If a child goes to a game and under 11, what has to go with them? A parent. An adult. <laughs> with money and, to spend on food and drink. Yes, and when an under 11 goes to the game, an under 11 wants some chips and he wants maybe a burger. Yep. And then obviously you, with that, he'll then want a, a bottle of Coke or, and, or a chocolate bar or a bag of sweets. And then before the game, you'll want to go in the club shop and you'll want a shirt or a scarf or a hat. or And I think that's the thing. And then that's the thing, isn't it? And then obviously as well, these fans there, they're going to be the future of this club. So it's all right not investing in getting young people into the ground. But then in 10 years' time, you've, you've missed your generation. They've all they've either been, God forbid, snapped up by the veil. Who've been doing ticket offers and been ended up there um, because they couldn't, you know, they couldn't afford to come in at Stoke. And you know, they they probably only go two or three times to them clubs in maybe for the a you know, season if they support them. If they're lucky, you know, they'll go that many times. Whereas they can go every week to Stoke. So get them in, get them in the ground, get them used to going, get them enjoying it, and. The more bums on seats, the better the atmosphere is. The better the atmosphere is, the more kids enjoy going. I know that if we can get them in, get more bums on seats, that creates a better atmosphere. The place feels full. The place feels more like there's something going on. You're part of something. Um, the atmosphere improves. The kids enjoy it more. If there's more singing and everything going on, and and the players will react to react to it, and then you'll carry that momentum forward and everything. So to me, it's a no-brainer to fill the stadium. I've always said with clubs, you know, clubs in the lower leagues, when you look and they get like less than 50% of the grounds falling, I'm like, why don't you, you know, why, why are you charging prices that nobody's coming to? Drop your prices, get the ground full. You're right about the fans. I think, you know, Rory asked as well, Dan, you know, she says, kind of ask what we think it may look like next season due to the season tickets. And I think you've literally answered it there. And then hopefully, Rory, the answer is bums on seats. Um, bums on seats equals money in the pockets and also fans' atmosphere in the stadium. It's a ripple effect. So in answer to your question, Rory, yeah, um, next season hopefully we'll look positive and a fuller stadium because at times you've seen crowds announced to say 22,000. You're looking in there like, yeah, no chance. So we know our season tickets get reported, I think, if it's still the old-fashioned way anyway. If you add the season tickets up and then add update tickets, I'm not sure if it's still like that, but 
Yeah, I think it goes on tickets sold, don't it, rather than actual people attending. Yes, yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> anyway, um, a quick one we've actually had as well, Dan, actually, as we've been talking here, right? So, um, a chap called Tom in the Facebook group again, um, he says, with the amount of players out of contract and loans returning, how do we plug the gaps next season? Even with basically, I guess, like 10 to 15 million quid wages freed up, um, will we kind of have to compromise on quality? I mean, my answer to that one, Tom, really is we're going to have to prioritise. I mean, 10 to 15 million quid sounds great. Um, but when you start talking about the quality players are going to take us to the next level, obviously playoffs or maybe even better, you never know. Um, yeah, it doesn't go very far. And obviously that's going to be wages as well. So I would arguably say he's going to have to focus on a couple of key areas, key areas being goalkeeper, striker, defenders, I think midfield we can get we we can do okay with this midfield if we can get the same players back. If not, then yes, he's probably going to have to take advantage of the loan market or maybe any expensive freebies that may become available. But he, I think the literally compromise I think is going to have to be the optimum word in the summer. There's only so much you can do with the money that we're going to have. This isn't a one window summer fixes everything for me. No, it's about progress, isn't it? And I like you say, if we spent half of that budget, if not more, 60% of it on Smallbone and Pearson, again, no one's going to complain. And then you try and snap up, um, you try and bring Sterling and Twanzebe in on free, inverted commas, because no transfer is actually free, is it? Um, and then like I say from there, you're looking, do you want to bring, um, do you maybe try and get Henry back on loan again? If Wolves are like, we don't really seem as being part of our plans, but we, you know, can Stoke, do Stoke go back and say, well, well, can we take him for another 12 months? Can we give him a full season? And maybe put a clause in, you know, if we get promoted, we sign him or something like that. Would Wolves go for that? Because um, well, then again, you're feeling... You're keeping a continuity in the team, aren't you, if you do it that way? The thing with that is, didn't they sign him from Liverpool for nine million quid, was it? Um, so I think the problem you've got here is they ain't going to rip up that kind of transfer fee and go, yeah, have him. And also, probably more importantly, he, he scored a couple of goals on TV and then he scored another game, you know, a goal the game after, um, obviously against Middlesbrough, again, on the TV. I know it's not as simple as that. There'll be scouts looking all the time, but he's just then gone and scored three goals in a fullback position. Quality goals, mind. Um, there's going to be a lot of other clubs who might think, you know what, if we can gain for four million or five million, he's a bargain, worth a shout. That's one thing we cannot control. And in that scenario, we cannot compete. We can't yeah. pay that for him. It would be one of those as well, and it's whether Alex Neal is prepared to do it, where you would have to probably wait until deadline day or close to deadline day because Wolves would probably think, well, if someone comes in. But again, it's you know it depends on what contract he signed from Liverpool, doesn't it? Because as we know how FFP works, if he signed £9 million from Liverpool and signed a five-year contract... That's only going down by, you know, that's only amortised at £1.8 million a year. So I don't know how long ago he left Liverpool. Was it two years? Mm, not sure, to be honest. 
So, I mean, if it is, then he could well still have, say if it was two years ago, nine million quid, five-year deal, he'd still have five and a half million quid left on his on his FFP depreciation value. So that means if they sell him for less than five and a half million quid, they're actually going to be posting a loss in the on the books. So it makes, yeah. no, makes no sense for them to sell him at that point. September 2020, he signed for Wolves for nine million. Yep. So what's that? That'll by the summer. That'll be three years. So again, depend on the length of his contract. If he did, I think he did. He probably, I imagine, he probably would have signed a five million, a five-year deal, wouldn't he? At that time, um, say he's got two years left on his contract. Then, again, that's three point six million just for them to break even. They may say, you know what, it's probably not worth it. Send him on loan to send him out on loan to Stoke for a year or whatever. Hopefully he catches the eye enough or Stoke will get promoted and give us a decent decent fee for him or he has a good season at Stoke and we get a better fee than we could command this summer. Yeah. And in the meantime, they are they've knocked another one point eight million off his off his boot value for them. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting summer. I think like Alex Neil alluded to just to, to round off, um a lot of these deals will not be down to us. We're gonna to have to wait for um what was the what was the old term that used to be uh, used? Is it the apples to fall or drop from the tree? That's it, something like that. We're gonna to have to wait for a lot of that. Uh it seems that we might want to try and get this Twanzebe deal done sooner than rather than later. Um, hardly surprising. Maybe I would imagine heard... every game he plays, his <laughs> his uh, value is probably back on the increase. Well, it makes you wonder whether other clubs have been sniffing around, um, and it's like, right, we better hurry up and get this done before we lose complete control. Uh, wouldn't surprise me. Um, anyway, moving on because uh, we're we're covering quite a lot here. But moving on, Dan. Uh, under 18s, 21s, women's update. Uh, I know there's been a few goals and uh, sorry, a few games flying around. Um, any updates on on the youth and women's side? So the under 18s, they went away to Manchester United on Saturday and uh, drew nil nil. So decent result there. Um, obviously, both sides are in the top four in the division as well. So uh, that ended nil nil. And this week we are away again. This it's this time to Middlesbrough. So a 1pm kickoff on Saturday away at Middlesbrough. Anyone who's up that neck of the woods wants to uh, maybe watch a game can go watch that. The under-21s, they were away at Derby this week and they were out 6-1 winners. So Douglas James Taylor, who uh, he has been getting too much game time at Warsaw lately out on loan, he came and played for the under-21s. He, he got a brace, as did uh, the, the latest the latest man on the bench for the first team, Jacob Holland Wilkinson. He got two goals. And there was also a goal for Dora McGuinness and for a trialist forward. So a mystery trialist forward got on the score sheet as well. <laughs> so, yeah, 6-1 win over Derby away. That's a great result for the lads. Uh, and next week, uh, we are playing Leeds at home. It's at Nantwich Town. So that's Friday the 31st. Nantwich Town leads at home for a 7pm kickoff. Uh, the women, now the women played AFC Fylde at home on last Sunday and unfortunately they were 2-1, uh, 2-1 defeat. So I believe they were in front of the, uh, they got succumbed to Fylde 2-1 and the late goal there uh, won the game. Uh, there's no game for the women this week. Yeah, they haven't got, they haven't got a match. 
So a week off uh, for the women. So hopefully they'll uh, come back refreshed after that and uh, end the season well. As Lou was telling us last week, actually, she just want the, they just want to get the. Uh, I think it must be five league games and a cup final they've got left now. Mm-hmm. Hoping to, uh, like I say, get as many wins as possible under the belts between now and the end of the season. Um, obviously international call-ups. Uh, Jacob Brown got called up for Scotland. Um, Morgan Fox got a call up for Wales. I was a bit surprised at that, Mike, but um, <laughs> it's, it's, he's been very steady of late. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think he must be. I can't, I can't remember him ever being called up for them before. Um, I'm 100 percent sure, but yeah, look, he's he's a steady Eddie NT. I mean, he he's always prone to mistakes and lapses and concentration. Um, but you've got to give the guy credit. And we had this conversation again on Twitter earlier on when we're talking about most improved players. A lot of people were saying Morgan Fox because I think pre Alex Neal, I'm pretty sure you would probably agree with this. Like, as far as we concerned, he was dead in the water at this club. He was not performing well. I guess he was being asked to do a wing back job which is clearly not a wing back um he struggles in left back at times so i think he's really stepped up he's made himself for me and actually put himself in a position where he's going to probably get an extension i would imagine an, an extra year's deal and somebody said earlier on um oh we'll go get rid not interested i'm like well look the amount of overhaul we have already let's just get him for another year is a backup squad player it's a very cheap and easy deal to do um so Keeping plus there. We can't afford. We can't afford to have twenty-five superstars in this squad. No way. So, and no, no offense to, to Morgan Fox in that respect by saying that, but he's just the type of player you do need just to bulk out your side. He can play. He can play or do a job in two or three positions. His wages aren't going to be astronomical. He's the perfect player to you know to to come in and be part of your squad. You know, come in the side when needed. He's not. I imagine he's not going to be kicking a fuss up if he's not playing fifty games a season. Mm-hmm. So, good attitude. Yeah, uh, and he knows the club. Like you say, the manager will know what he what he can and can't do, which is important when you've got twelve, fourteen new players arriving in the summer. Yeah, yeah. So he's he's uh, he's definitely one of the most improved players. So um, all all credit to him. Yeah. Um, just rounding up the international. So we, we are home nation, especially. We've got Jacob Brown with Scotland. We've got Morgan Fox with Wales. Jordan Thompson's been called into Michael O'Neill's uh, Northern Ireland squad. Uh, and Will Smallbone is in the Republic of Ireland squad. And actually, as we're recording this, he's been named man of the match on his Republic of Ireland debut tonight. Uh, they beat Latvia 3-2. He sets the goal up for O'Dowder in the sixth minute. And um, I haven't watched the game, but reading the reports, he seemed, like I say, best player on the pitch and official uh, sponsors man of the match. So well yeah. done to Will. Yeah, he's clearly not coming in the summer, is he? Let's, let's be honest now. <laughs> the more time goes on, the, the more there's absolutely no chance. And I know that it was that the Southampton manager came out and said that he deserves a chance at Southampton. So, Luke. It, oh, has he? Okay. Yeah, he's, 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 he's not signing. Let, let's just get our heads around that one. It's not going to happen. But... The one thing it does do, um, and it's also it was also a little bit of a worry. Liam Delap obviously came, big ideas. Southampton, funny enough, wanted him for sixteen million. I bet they're bloody delighted they did not pay that for him. Um, you know, Liam Delap's gone to Preston, not done a thing, not scored a goal, unless you count the under twenty ones, which is well, you can't count that. Um, I think Dan, you'd score for the under twenty ones at times, mate. So 
yeah, Louis, he's gone there. He's, he's, you're welcome. Uh, he's, he's done nothing, right? And the worry that you have when you take on big named or big name perceived big names um, from bigger clubs is that they get on loan, you don't play them, or the or they don't do well, and then you always wonder, well, how is how have we been perceived? Have we not looked after that player? But the one thing for me that this Will Smallbone loan does, especially you know, and then Hoover and Sterling, we've now actually said to these other clubs, look, you loan us your players. And we can turn them into better players for you, and they have a good season for us. That's one thing that that does show. Exactly, I think that's important as well because getting talented youngsters is all a lot of the time is all about um, people's perception of you as a club and whether the manager give them a chance will they play them. And um, Alex Neal, whether he's trying to sweeten him up or not, I don't know, but he, he can never say enough good stuff about Will Smallburn, can he? <laughs> um, he's always admiring his legs. <laughs> he's, he's in love with his legs um, so yeah that's it but yes yeah, so like I say it's, it should do as good when it comes to because I, I imagine the loan market is something we're going to have to go dip into again probably with more of the January feel to it than what we did last summer so I don't think there'll be as many like untested kids coming in but there probably is going to be maybe one or two and like I say, the, um, if you're fighting for those players with five, six, seven, ten other clubs, then, um, yeah, having a good reputation certainly can uh, help you jump to the head of that queue. Yeah, and I've just, I've just pulled up the article, by the way. Saints manager Ruben Sellers has been keeping an eye on Loney Will Smallbone and admits the Republic of Ireland International deserves a chance at St Mary's. So there you go. That that was the and there's more of a story. And I've just seen uh, Ben Rowley. Thank you for liking this. You just put it onto our feed, um, saying I'm sure I recognise these chaps from today's season card email. It was only bloody Andy Blinston, wasn't it? Uh, full <laughs> full face. But he's but he's absolutely loving that. So Andy, I know you I know you do listen to this pod. So uh, well done. That's for image right image right payments, mate. Um, so uh, yeah, <laughs> good on you. But no, that's fine. So yeah, Will's done. Um, but it's good to see some players getting called up. Uh, either way, I can't do them any harm. Jordan Thompson will not be a Stoke player next season. So whatever happens with that one. Um, um, one obviously one home nation that is missing there is England. We haven't got any England players in the squad, or wow. have we? Yes, we have. We have an England call up. Tommy Simpkins. Tommy Simpkins with the England under 19s. Young goalkeeper, signed his uh, first professional thing. He's been under 17s with England under 18s. Now he's in the England under 19s. I'm sure that Emre Tezgel and potentially even Nathan Lowe would have got in there as well, obviously, but they are both currently injured. Good, positive. Um, always good to see the youth there. It means they've obviously been um, performing well. So. Uh... We'll see how that goes on. Um, that kind of ties up then the the youth updates, etc. Um, before we close out with the uh, the clips that we promised you, I don't suppose you've looked at our Super Six and Gaffer, have you? I mean, Super Six is easy for me this week. I completely forgot, but also it was a bit of a a weird week for results anyway. So I didn't do too much damage, I don't think. Uh, yes, I uh, I have got them here. So you. Did not submit your Super 6, did you, this week? So you stay on uh, 296 points and 63rd position. I am now 73rd with 257. Now, I only scored four because the results were absolutely nuts. I think you had that Southampton drawing it with Tottenham that nobody 
um, four talk, or especially like three three. <laughs> um, so yeah, there were like there were a few of the results. What else did we have? Um, oh yeah, Brentford Leicester was a draw. One I had Villa beating Bournemouth. Uh, Leeds four, Wolves two at Molyneux. Can't see many people having that one. Chelsea Everton two two. No, <laughs> Crystal Palace actually managing to have a shot, let alone a goal, four one. So yeah, I, don't, I can't see there being many uh, correct scores out of that lot. No, but if anybody... Yeah, you picked a good week to miss, mate. <laughs> I did, I did. And if anybody wants to get some more points this week, because I'm, I'm going to get this right again. I, I got six and uh, six out of six last week. Um, so Arsenal 3-1 against Leeds, Brighton 2-0 against Brentford, Palace and Leicester 1-1, Chelsea 2-1 against Villa, West Ham 1-1 against Southampton, and Newcastle to lose 2-1 to Man United. So that's there. And the golden goal is in the sixth minute. So um, if, we, if you would like to get double-figure points... Back those, uh, back those predictions. Is there a reason why we aren't having an international one with Super Six? When the World Cup was on, and I didn't know they were doing one every bloody three days, weren't they? And I was missing them all. You were, what a shame. I'm on the ball with it now, and they don't bother. Well, I yeah, it, take it, 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 sky bet. You'll have to, but in more important news, I think I've uh, rocketed up the the league. I've, I've just checked my gaffer. I've done quite well, I think. You have, mate. Uh, just to round off Super 6, by the way, before we go on, I've Luke Jones is top on 4.04, Ben Dawson is second on 4.02, and Matthew Robinson is third on 3.93. Yes, gaffer. So I'm going to keep you in suspense. Jack Corrin is top on 3.139, Pookie Blind is a second on 3.008, and third place is at Stoke Gaffer with 3,000 exactly, which is been the top three for about six months, I reckon. So well done to them three for consistently being the men at the top of the table. You are up to twenty second in the league. You got. It says here you got fifty six points this week. Takes you to two thousand and two, and you're up to twenty second. I am nineteenth. I got seventy three points. Two thousand one hundred and thirty seven. So you are only three places behind now it's, it's you know you're getting there right on my tail i'm closing on super six but you're you're closing on the gaffer um on the table getting right up there okay yeah I, I'm, I'm happy with that because i've been in mid 30s pretty much all season uh to be honest with you so uh you know, I'll I'll take anything I can get. I need to start using my uh, my bonuses that I've got on here. Uh, I'm going to have to make uh, Akpom my uh, my captain uh, as well. I think all good. It's all good. I'm going to have to study study the fixtures for the next few weeks. Create a plan to keep you at bay between now and the end <laughs> of the season. Anyway, um, unless there's anything else done, I think we can uh, kind of finish off today's pod with uh, the. The amusing clips, um, if you like, and I'm, I'm going to call. We haven't quite, by the way, at time of recording, we haven't quite determined which ones are going to go in here. So, uh, yeah, we we'll, we'll yeah. say they're amusing, but we haven't actually got a clue. <laughs> I'm sure there'll yeah. be something. I was going to say we, we we may be just picking ourselves up by saying we've been amusing. <laughs> maybe listen, maybe we have to listen in depth to a hundred podcasts and then determine that actually we're quite boring, aren't we? Why do people even listen to this? And we'll have to stop trying to you know fake it and re-record these funny moments. Uh, <laughs> people like. I don't remember him saying that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, 
just just as a sign off again thank you to everybody who's been involved this year or sorry the well this last hundred uh podcasts shall we say really not just just this year but um yeah thank you thank you to everyone uh every single one of you been appreciated so yeah look from me i won't speak for Dan. i'm sure you probably have the same sentiment here mate that um we really couldn't have asked for any more support so thank you we literally couldn't have done this without the help of people coming in and out as well um you really would have got sick of listening just me and Mike every week, wouldn't they, Mike? Um, so everyone who's come on, whether they've done uh, to discuss about books or discuss about uh, their time supporting Stoke, uh, just come on, just helped us as a, as a third voice, uh, whether that be on a regular basis, as Andy did for a while, or or just ad hoc answering the call 10 minutes before we record to say, yes, I'll come <laughs> on and, and sit with you. Um it's much appreciated. Uh, we like I say we couldn't have done it without you. And also, a massive shout out to everyone who's who does listen. Everyone who you know who's got us in their you know, their podcast feed and subscribed to us and uh, and and you know those those few people who, who leave nice comments on stuff like iTunes and <laughs> Spotify that that helps as well, especially when we. Uh, when we're trying to get people to come on the podcast and that, and and to um, you know say that we're not we're not a pair of idiots. Yeah, it <laughs> so, also helps know. when we're trying to convince the club to give us players and and stuff like that, which um, they've been really good about that actually. So yeah, so if if you have listened to you know you know any one of the past one hundred podcasts and you do like what you hear, then yeah, we don't we don't ask this very often, but if you would just if you could pop on to like say either iTunes or wherever you get it, Spotify, wherever you listen. Um, you know, give us a give us a, a high you know, high rating review. Um, leave a little comment if you like, if you don't, you know and you know, you can you can say what you want in the comments. I don't believe it affects anything, does it? You can, no. you, can leave, you can leave us a funny message if you want, just give us a chuckle. Um, I, but yeah. I have heard though, Dan, that stars one to four don't work. You have to just give five stars. Oh, right. yes, yes, it's five stars. Yeah, so five stars only, people. Um <laughs> it would be much appreciated and would be a lovely present for us as we enter our second hundred podcasts. Lovely. Couldn't say it better, mate. So yeah. I'll uh, leave it there and we will see you all on Monday uh, for that extra little um, set of clips, if you like. So, uh, Dan, always good speaking to you. Uh, let's hope that, you know, when we, when we kind of touch base again to preview, uh, of course, the Coventry game, that we're, we're we're feeling positive and ready for three more points, eh? 100%. Lovely. Enjoy, guys. Thank you. Hi there, you Potters predictors. I'm very pleased, actually, to welcome a new guest to the pod, um, Anthony Hall. Welcome, Ant. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me on. But joining me is Stoke City Southern supporters guru, Laurie. How are you, mate? You're too kind. Too <laughs> kind, Dan. Okay, so I'm very pleased to welcome uh, Stoke City's number 10, Tyrese Campbell. Uh, Ty, welcome to the Every Step Along the Way podcast. How's things been, mate? You been Okay. Oh, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. And yeah, yeah, everything's going good. Good. Okay, and I couldn't think of anyone better to give us the lowdown on being an agent than uh, a good friend, uh, Gary Mallet of Beswick Sports. Um, Gary, how are you, mate? You okay? I'm good, thank you. How are you? The man who pulled on that red and white striped shirt more than any other. Eric Skeels, how are you? Fine. 
Looking forward to going to mass this afternoon. Yeah, Andy's not with us tonight, uh, but we've had we've had an upgrade, so it's all right. Uh, we've been joined by uh, Brendan. Uh, so, Brendan, welcome to the pod, mate. Thank you very much for having me. Welcome to the podcast, Carl Dickinson. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. My mic for this section, as we spoke to regular contributor to the pod, Rory Thomas, chairwoman of the Supporters Council and Radio Stoke commentator, Angela Smith, and an ambassador for Here Game 2, Charlotte Cromarty. Yeah, so we are the privilege today of being joined by Lou Roberts from the Stoke City Women's Setup. Hello, Lou. Hi guys, you all right? Sophie, you are the one behind the hashtag Super Sophie, the Super Stokey I hear. Can... Man flu, also known as COVID uh, still. Uh, we did refer to it last week, um, but um, I must admit we've got more than a, an adequate uh, replacement. And uh, it's Ben from the YYY Files. Uh, ben, thank you so much for joining me, mate. Much appreciated. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Uh, a long-term listener, absolutely. Uh, Mr. Jonathan Oldfield, how are you, mate? Uh, I'm good, thanks. Uh, Liam Bullock, so the author of Twinned uh, with Reykjavik, the Icelandic years. Uh, Liam, welcome to the podcast, mate. You are first guest. How's things? You all right? Oh, great. I am glad to be your first guest. Andy Blinston, welcome to the pod, mate. Hello there, mate. I'm a pleasure to be here. So, welcome to Every Step Along the Way, Kieran Maguire. Thank you very much, boys. Uh, I, I like an oat cake, so look, this, this should be good fun. So, welcome to Every Step Along the Way, Simon Lowe. Hello. You could say, we'll be with you every step along the way. So a couple of duddheads like me and you can understand the complications of, <laughs> of FFP on the end of this. Uh, yeah, we'll think, do it on the promotion pod. <laughs> That's the one. Fingers crossed. Book it in for May. Or might be June or July of this race. But <laughs> we'll book it in, for it's five, in five years' time, we're still playing out this season. <laughs> Nick Powell's still injured. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Two weeks I, away. Mario Vrancic, clearly a lust. Andy? Heavy lust. <laughs> you got a bit of a, a, a love for him. A okay, little bit lovely. of a man crush. <laughs> ben? Beluga. <laughs> Liam? Yowza. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Go on, Dad. <laughs> My heart, my heart's aching for Mario. And uh, we've just spent the last five hours, was it, Dan, coming back from Accrington? An hour and a half we've journey. Like it's just, hours. Yeah. We, um, do you want to tell everyone what happened? In, in a very short, I mean, that, uh, well, basically, Andy's recorded some uh, well audio and video content uh, content for it. And um, we were literally ribs hurting, almost crying in the fact that we ended up at Manchester Airport. So would you like to fill everybody in as to why you took three hours to do a one and a half, half hour journey? <laughs> uh, Roadworks. And <laughs> we we totally ignored the multiple warnings on the motorway uh, for the fact that the road that we needed to get home was actually closed. <laughs> so we... We, obviously the royal we, because it wasn't just me driving, it was we, <laughs> uh, totally ignored them, carried on going, and so they got to the point where we had to get off the motorway because it was closed, and it just diverted us into the airport. Ooh, good man. One, I'm one of the best there is at FIFA, but there is scripting, Ah, Trust me, mate, you, you'll, you'll get by. <laughs> um, Mark Wilson. He's I'm oh, okay. yeah. sorry, okay. You need this one, boys. All right. 
getting competitive up in this grill. I'm trying um, to think. Um, we went down to the front. I got a couple of bags of candy floss, a can, and some soft rock, about four pieces of it. It comes to like nine quid. Robbie Swines. Um, and then, uh, yeah, you got, I think, was it five bars of rock and it cost you a tenner? What's happened, Dan? Um, another one I don't want to say. Kevin Vimmer. <laughs> you can say that. <laughs> He just missed out of being on here. No, no, oh. This is Matt from the Huddersfield Town podcast, and he takes that chance. I'm currently at Blackpool Zoo, uh, where I suppose the uh, the defensive organisation of uh, some of the apes here would be a lot better than Huddersfield Town at the minute. And a team we played during our time in the Premier League. Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's had a new manager bounce, except for ourselves and funnily enough Southampton I guess where the bounce has been about as flat as a plate of piss really <laughs> if you want me to put it in football terms for you Mike it's 10-0 to Hamilton the referee <laughs> said in the last minute next person scores wins Verstappen scores a goal wins the whole thing and Hamilton's yeah. had four men sent off yeah <laughs> wow that bad Jesus okay. and if that doesn't explain it for you it's a bit like the whole of the United Kingdom being put in lockdown and the Prime Minister having a party in his own backyard <laughs> oh wait <laughs> Jesus if you thought the Euros was bad <laughs> evening Prime Minister <laughs> <laughs> oh I love it Jesus uh, for now <laughs> um and on that note, I think that's a good that's a good place to end. You should make that as well, you Boris. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy your party. I'll see you soon. <laughs> Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.